Knight. I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. How would you recognize, pal? Well, we draw a theme from a hat, and we each pick a record that we think represents the theme, and we show it off. We kind of review it, talk about it, and mostly just hang out. Yeah, that's right. How people can people get a hold of us? Yeah, so if you want to submit a theme, yell at us for picking bad albums or shout us out for good albums that we picked, <laughs> or uh, you know, be a featured artist on our show, you can reach out to us on pretty much any uh, social media platform. We're on Twitter at record underscore night. We're on Facebook at, uh, I think we're just record night. Yeah. Uh, we'll who we got that one, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're also on Instagram at record night pod, or you can just send us an old fashioned email at record night pod at gmail.com. But uh, speaking of featured artists, who is our featured artist this week? Our featured artist this week is the number one sons from St. Louis, Missouri. They're like a pop punk band. They're for fans of like bands like uh, Alkaline Trio, Blink-182, Green Day, All Time Well. Uh, it's just uh, basically just one guy, Danny, who I met at the little Halloween show I went to. Uh, just, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so his music covers tough, tough topics like anxiety, depression, but usually... Cute sense of humor about it, and it's uh, some attitude, like all good punk does. Uh, right, uh, it's an important can, uh, flavor. Yeah, you can um, you can check out their music on uh, Spotify. It's looking at number one sons. Uh, we're gonna put this on board at the end of the show. Uh, he also has an Instagram. It's number one son at number one sons band, or uh, you can go to Facebook for Facebook.com/slash number one sons. And he also has stuff on uh, you know Apple Music and. And uh, he has a TikTok at Number One Sun. So if you guys want to check out TikTok, which maybe one one day you'll see recognize TikTok, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I don't know. If, um, anyway, yeah, uh, we're number, holding out for Vine too. Yeah, Vine too. Yeah. So uh, you can go visit his TikTok Number One Sons, uh, and uh, yeah, we hope to check that. We're gonna put this on board at the end of the show. So stick around after we're done uh, yakking. You'll let you hear some uh, pretty killer punk rock. How you doing, pal? I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just got done with a uh, vacation. Just got back from Rhode Island. Yeah, I got back from vacation too. Hell yeah, we're vacation buddies. Yeah, I know. Well, we, I mean, yeah, we kind of we put this episode. We had to push this episode off a little bit because we were both traveling around being globe trotters. Which, which is a uh, kind of like I, we were able to say this two years ago, but not now. Like 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 this right. is the first time I've really traveled as far. Uh, the first time I really traveled to travel. Like go somewhere uh, since uh, the pandemic started, um, you know. I went to yeah, Den- I went to I Denver. I think so too. Yeah, I, I was just holding up in a house in Denver, and um, but yeah, <laughs> went to Chicago to see Jeff Rosen's dog, um, which was great. Um, we had a great time in Chicago. Nice. And yeah, man, I go to Texas next week <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Dang, you're all over. And and I'm I, just I I'm just chilling. I'm gonna try to make it back to Colorado sometime early next year, but we'll see. And I think at the beginning of this month, I don't know if I mentioned on the previous podcast, I went to St. Louis and uh, saw Ludo at the beginning of this month for my wife's birthday. Um, oh, nice! I spent money in a hotel that was not worth the money, <laughs> but it was it was literally <laughs> next door to the venue. It was like like we could walk straight from out the door of the venue fifty feet to our hotel, which was pretty cool. Coleman oh, Rest, that's awesome! Coleman Rest Hotel is a little expensive, but it was nice. It'll get time. That's um, good. Then you don't have to, you know, drive an hour and a half or really, three hours home, however far away St. Louis is from you. Yeah, we we did the two day thing. We were there for one day when we just didn't do anything and just sort of walked around. And then the next day, I went to Saludo. And um, man, Ludo fans are, 
are f- devoted people. Good. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know they enthusiastic. Yeah, they only play like three times a year on their Halloween show, mm-hmm. and um, everyone there was wearing masks, so we you know I didn't worry about that because people were respectful. Um, and it's same with the different instruction. Mostly everyone wore masks, and they wanted to tune if you weren't. And also, you need to bring proof of vaccination, so that was cool too. Um, nice. But yeah, uh, I've been pretty good. Um, just tired of traveling. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, usually I'm like, uh, I can't wait to travel, but I'm, I'm fucking tired of going places. I just want to stay stationary. Yeah, so, yeah. I want to sit on the couch. I want to oh, watch yeah. TV. I don't want to be packing all the fuck time, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's the vacation I want. Yeah, d- d- just hanging out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're st- are you staying in uh, San Diego for Thanksgiving? Yep. You guys got any? Uh, yeah, just. No, we're just chilling. You got any food plans, or are you going to be like, uh, be a little crazy about it? Oh, we'll see. Uh, I got invited to go up to uh, Irvine to go hang out with a buddy of mine, uh, which I think I'm going to try to do. Mm-hmm. We ju- we're down to one car right now, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying so, to get all that stuff planned around is a little is a little rough. So I'm uh, I'm going to mention this just real quick because I I just thought about Ridley really Scott was on um on WTF today with fucking Mark Marin, and. Uh-huh. And we both watched a movie his we really liked called uh, the the Last Duel, right? Yeah, I did really like that one. But apparently, I <laughs> listen listen a little bit. He loves every movie he's done. Like Mark will mention a movie, he's like, "That's a great fucking movie." And when I was like, "It's like, but you you made it." <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like, he gets high on his own supply. And, and I gotta be honest, the House of Gucci. I'm not looking forward to seeing that. I'm gonna see it for the. Other Is that a Ridley Mark. Scott movie? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna see it for the for the other show I do. I guess I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really uh, care about that one. I like Adam Driver though. And, yeah, and Lady Gaga is fine. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna call her. I heard someone call her that once, and now I can't say it any other way. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sure you 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 see something, and you're like, "Well, I'm gonna say like you know, cocaine instead of cocaine." Ever since oh I've yeah, seen, yeah. Ever since I've seen one, yeah. Ever since I've seen um. Uh, walk hard of like cocaine, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, this the the theme this week though is a a surprisingly hard one, you know, like because you it's free play, right? It's like, exactly, yeah. It's our second free play episode. We try to space these out, but mm-hmm. we do like to give ourselves time or you know a uh, a time a place that we can just kind of pick something that's yeah. not on a theme, like. I want to show off this album, but it's like I can't possibly think of what theme this would fit with. I can. Think so we got two albums yeah, for got, free play I on our forty-first episode. Our forty-first episode, and we have a few um, minisodes. One of them is actually just like straight up, on, like feature length. I guess it was the way you put it, but uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. like we like to talk. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, the minisode we have, uh, but so all together, if you want to count everything, it's like forty-four episodes, I think. I forget. Yeah, I the forget. Four, 41 uh, mainline ones. Yeah, Those 40. are like our, the minisodes are like our Rogue One yeah. or our Mandalorian. <laughs> They're spinoffs. The Solo, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Man, I forgot that we existed, by the way. Solo, I, I keep forgetting, like, how many, uh, you know, spells they've done? They've done one, or they've done two, Rogue One and Solo, which I keep forgetting about. <laughs> I mean, I forgot about Solo and had to go to, straight to Mandalorian. Did you see Solo? Yeah. It's not bad, right? It's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about it too. It's like they answer a lot of questions that nobody really like. They create questions uh-huh. like 
where did Han Solo get his last name? And it's like, it's a last name. Yeah. What do you mean? Where did he get it? And it's like, oh no, it's not. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people were super excited about Darth Maul. And I mean, sure. I mean, he died rather than ceremoniously in episode one, you know, Darth Maul. No, but he, no. Cause there was a whole like expanded universe thing where he like gets robot legs and uh, fucks around I, on I, I Tatooine honest, or whatever. Darth Maul was the coolest looking motherfucker until you saw the movie. Like, like, Everyone was all about Darth Maul until <laughs> you saw him die in episode one, and you're like, I guess he's, because he looked terrifying, he looked Satan, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then he's not. He's just gone. But uh, but now, he, you know. No, but he had a he had a dope-ass fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, like, I, I feel like light, they made lightsabers kind of work like real swords in that you, you're not, like, chipping away at them. It's like you get the one shot, and you're done. Yeah, and I do like the fact that it was double-sided. That, that was a pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. A double-sided red lightsaber. Man, I want one of those. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. I don't my, know if I have the dexterity to handle two blades at once. I, dude, yeah, I, I, I see. I, you know, like I'm waiting for them to do like lightsaber with nunchucks, and I'm like, why would you even do that? It's like, didn't they try to do something like that in Last Jedi? I can't remember. They had those dudes that had that like red electricity things, uh, and I feel like they had one that was nunchuck like. Did you like the episode nine? Or yeah, episode nine. Is that nine? The final one, last. Oh, Rise of Skywalker! Yeah. No, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I'm like, why did we? Like, uh, I'm. I don't even remember the fuck happened. That's how much I like that movie. Like, like too much. I I do like the fact that you did. The only thing I liked about it was seeing Harrison Ford show up in it. Like, by the way, I'm not giving anything away, right? Like, by saying he shows up in a sort of weird way. It's just say I don't. I don't think so. Okay, so if you haven't seen the. Star Wars Episode Nine. Do you by now, really want to see them, right? Like, do you really want to see them by now? If you haven't seen, it's, if you wanted it's to pretty see, pretty bad. Them, yeah, if you wanted to see them, you'd see them by now. Um, but as so for like the fucking dope in a leather jacket he had on, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm just hoping he looks his. Yeah, Episode Forty One. Yeah, free not, play. Not Episode Ten. Right, Episode Forty One. No, two albums. Two albums. What did you, What did you bring? I brought Jeff Rosenstock's No Dream. Nice, yeah. and I brought the Residence commercial album, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about both. Yeah, so Jeff Rosenstock, you guys don't know, he is a punk rock musician. He was in two bands before being just a solo guy. He was in a band called the Arrogant Sons of Bitches, um, and people really like them. I, I'm not too familiar with it, uh, and also the punk musical collective of Bond Music Industry, which what kind of everyone knows. They were like a ska band. Yeah, yeah. Um, excuse me. Fuck. Are you familiar with? Bond music industry. I know of them. I just never listened to them because it was a lot of people in high school uh, <laughs> who would really like them that I didn't necessarily like, and I was like, "Well, if you like them, they can't be very good." Yeah, that's right. Um, Bond, music, <laughs> Bond music industry are where Scott band and uh, he. So he a lot of his songs have Scott influences, but uh, he's hit the punk enough so kids can still say they're cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jeff Rosenstock, he. It's 39 years old. He's from New York and he's a punk rock musician. And I sort of started getting into uh, Jeff Rosenstock like early sometime last year in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's and then I sort of got obsessed with him, really. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, uh, he's got some great earworms. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about this album. Yeah. One of the things that people really like about Jeff Rosenstock is he's a great lyricist, um, whether it be, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I mean, and I, I've gravitated to that right away. Um, just he, 
some people call him the most anxious punk rocker on New York, but I, I don't know if I'd call that. He's very funny. Like he's got like a goofy thing, but the lyrics always don't match music, as we're right. about to talk about. Um, but I took No Dream, which is most, I guess, most recent studio. He got Ska Dream, which is No Dream, just just all Ska. Though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All <laughs> which when I saw him live, would, yeah, would that be like a remix album? I guess so. When I saw him live, he uh, for a few of the songs he did like a medley, like half of it he played Ska, and half he did punk rock, which was that's pretty cool, really cool. Um, and he did it with old songs too that weren't just they weren't just a uh, they were just punk songs. They he scoffed mm-hmm. up, um, and that was really cool. Um, I've never seen I haven't seen people crowd surf that much ever. And then I saw <laughs> last I mean I didn't crowd surf. I was in the back sipping a beer, um, and then put my mask back up. But people were crowd surfing, and the uh, security was like like reaching halfway to the crowd to get these people that they were crowd surfing to get them all out of the. Um, out of the 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 scary part, like if, right, right, because you know after what happened at um, Astrodome or whatever Astro World, Astro World, yeah, they I, they made a big deal about making sure everyone was safe. Um, Probably a good call. Yeah, the uh, Oceanator and Slaughter Beach Dog, which is just one band, Slaughter Beach Dog, like uh-huh. like where are you going, Slaughter Beach Dog, be like that, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, they play. They opened up for Jeffers. So I did, I sort of try to find a place to sit because I cannot stand during concerts anymore. I found out. Like, I can't stand for three hours. It just kills right. me. Right. Um, <laughs> when I went, and saw you got to get some uh, get some of the Doctor Shoals up in I know, there. I know. When I went to Ludo, I had to use the restroom, and it was like in the middle of the show. And it, I remember someone to sit down because my legs hurt so much. And then as I was finishing up, they start they start the Ludo started playing a song from Amelia's wedding playlist. So I fucking knocked like tried uh, knocked nearly forty people are trying to get back where he was in the right. crowd because I had to get there before the end and she found that sweet but uh, people are mad at me. <laughs> but, um, oh well, oh well. But I stood up for Jeff Rose's talk anyway. Jeff Rose's talk, no dream. Uh, and you said you were ancillary familiar with this record. Yeah, I, I mean it was getting good buzz. I have uh, some friends who listened to it that were kind of like, oh, this is good. You should check it out. And then. Uh, Never did. <laughs> well, now you know. <laughs> but then I checked out, I did check out Ska Dream. So I'm familiar with this album through the remix or remake album, whatever you want to call it. And why did you listen to Ska Dream, not No Dream? Because uh, I think the idea of Ska Dream is really funny. Yeah, it's really funny. It was funny. And it's and it's done well, too. But we're not yeah, talking about Which also, with, with Jeff Rosenstock, I had a very different idea of what he sounded like. Oh, yeah. So I thought he was going to be more on the kind of like indie rock side oh, like, instead like of the, like like, like, uh, like the Joyce Manor side of things. <laughs> maybe like maybe a little more like, gosh, I can't remember his. He's only known as Bean Dad now, oh. um, but he he used oh. to do the uh, he used to do the theme song for like my brother, my brother and me. You're talking about um, God, what's his name? Uh, Is it John, like Jonathan Winters or something? Well, he's in a band called The Long Winters. So you're, you're not that, that guy. Yeah, being that. More like The Long Winters. Yeah. Um, so when I heard that he made Ska Dream, I thought it was a lot, maybe a, like a funnier joke because he's not a ska musician. Yeah, well, he definitely is. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, he, he is. So yeah. it's like, I thought it was just like, I like ska. I'm going to make this remix thing. Um, but so me, I listened to it. Yeah. When you told me about Bean Dad, I was like, who's Bean Dad? And I, I liked the long winters. I liked them for a, a long time before Bean Dad was a thing. But, uh-huh. uh, and then I found out who Bean Dad was and it sort of broke my heart. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyone who doesn't know, look up Bean Dad. I think it was the first the first big meme of 2021. Yeah, he's telling basically telling his kid figure figure the fuck out yourself. <laughs> he went online and bragged about how good of a parent he is, but he made it sound like he starved his child yeah, yeah. to prove a point. <laughs> and then and then everyone got really mad at him. When I, I saw um I'm seeing lots of people. I saw Dan Cummins, uh the comedian, and he talked uh-huh. he talked about how his kids used to cry all the time. So what he did to prove that he shouldn't cry is he he's like uh, he took a stapler and he stapled his arm and says, See, I'm not crying. It hurts, but I'm not crying. And his kid was just horrified. And the kid told the mom and then mom was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, no dream. Just frozen talk. Um, I really feel like I can't talk anymore about it until I pay the clip. Um, so you guys can find this record at any record store on Spotify, on Bandcamp. Jeff Rosenstock's No Dream. And here we go. Yeah, it has a good cover. Um, oh, yeah, dude. I'll, I'll... But don't get it confused with the Ska Dream cover that's just the same thing with a checkerboard pattern on it. <laughs> 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 Here we go. Did you learn to make amends with your problems like a ship? Gave the patience to do it totally the ends. Without this young composure, oh, please tell me how it is. I didn't have the time. Jason Blast. Jason Blast is only nothing Jeff Rosenstock's No Dream. Uh, so the reason I picked this record, 
It's because I fucking love it. I love this record. <laughs> um, this is it's really good. It's um, it's my favorite record of 2020. Even though it's like yeah, I didn't hear it mostly till 2021. Um, it's retroactively your 2020. Yeah, yeah pick. I mean, I listened to this <laughs> shit nonstop when I got it, and uh, I went back. Like I think I just like we keep having it. I went back and ordered like all his back back catalog from um. They had like a three like buy three Jeff Rosen soccer. So I'm like, okay, buy all three you have. Um, nice. Uh, but uh, and so I lamentedly was skipping Kansas, not coming to Kansas City, which a lot of bands don't come to Kansas City. So yeah, I th- I wonder if it's because uh, St. Louis they see you know Missouri on there like well I already hit the Missouri yeah. thing yeah so it, so we went to Illinois to, oh fuck me got that this beer. <laughs> um, fuck. Uh, yeah, so in Chicago, which is a great place to go to. I'm. I don't think I'm. I've been there twice. You know. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think I need to go back for a little bit. Um, but, uh, no, no slag in Chicago. Just I've been there. <laughs> you know. Right. So anyway. I think Chicago is probably one of my favorite, more favorite bigger cities. Yeah. What's your favorite biggest city? Uh, I haven't been to very many, but mm. as it stands right now, probably Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah, it's a good one. I've done New York. I've done L.A. Yeah. Did you like? Where did you stay in New York? Do you were you like in Brooklyn or in New- Manhattan? Or uh, where? I think we were in Manhattan. Which is every place everyone goes, right? Like Manhattan. Uh, yeah, I like Manhattan, but yeah, the, I'm trying to think of my favorite city I've been to. And it's New York like, is New York's too much for me. Yeah, and so is L.A. There's <laughs> too many people, too much stuff. I get overwhelmed very easily. Yeah, and I know that when, when I went to Japan, you're like, did you visit country Japan? I'm like, no. And you're like, well, I'm not interested then. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you want to get one of those uh, cabins out in the middle of nowhere, right? With, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get away from people, not into more of them. You're letting your, uh, you're letting your misanthropy show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I don't hate people. Yeah. I'm just around them all the time. Yeah, and you're tired of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no dreams. Uh, Jefferson's talking. So first off, uh, since you are now familiar with this record, probably what it was to me three or four times by now. Yeah. What's your thoughts on it? I like it. I yeah. think it's a. Uh, it feels very like '90s punk, yeah. early 2000s punk, uh-huh. but coming out now. Um, <laughs> but it it does it gets away from some of the more like pop punk tropes that I think a lot of them have. Like it's a very current album. It's a very pretty, I mean, it's pretty like universal as far as a lot of feelings go. Yeah. Um, and it's just fun. Like there's a lot of earworms on here, a lot of interesting stuff yeah. that I think elevates it beyond just being like, here's a pop punk album that came out in 2020. It's like, I feel like it's kind of pushing the genre forward a little bit. It, it is. And also uh, when I went to see them live, there was a good mix of the young and, older folk. So I didn't, mm-hmm. feel, I didn't feel out of place at all. I felt right at home around people that were younger and significantly older than me. Mm-hmm. I, remember, <laughs> I, remember these, uh, I was waiting for Jeff to start and they, uh, these people talking about seeing fucking uh, smashing pumpkins in the mid nineties. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> um, and I looked at my wife, she just sort of shrugged. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to eavesdrop in these Disney conversation until Jeff Rosenstock comes on. One thing that Jeff did, he did is he, um, he would set up his own, uh, like, everyone else is a roadie, but he was up there setting up his own shit. Oh, nice. So when he came out of everyone's club, he's like, no, I'm just setting up, you know, like, <laughs> and he, he was, uh, 
he was trying to sing with the mask on. He couldn't figure it out, so he's just like, I'm taking it off. And the rest of the, rest of the members wore masks, and yeah, he was not wearing the mask in the audience. He told them to put their mask on. So, Good. Yeah. Keep track of them. Yeah. It's weird. I go to the grocery store, man. It's like people just stop giving a fuck. Dude. It's weird. Um, oh, yeah. Well, it's like as soon as everything opened back up. How is San Diego when it comes to mask stuff? Oh, yeah, people pretty bad. Pretty bad? Okay. Everyone's kind of basically adopted this, like, honor system of, like, if you're wearing a mask, like, if you're wearing a mask, we're just going to assume that you're not vaccinated kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I still wear a mask, and I am vaccinated. Yeah, I know. So. Uh, that's what I was worried about. When I go to the store, people leave me these dirty looks, and I'm like, these fuckers aren't wearing masks. I'm like, and I'm like, but I'm vaccinated. Like, I'm pro- I mean, I don't know. Yeah, people assume that you're not vaccinated, but 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 I'm wearing masks because it's still you know they're still recommending it. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Fuck it. Um, but um, Jeff Rosenstock. Uh, so it is one of those records that definitely um definitely sounds like early like late nineties, early two thousands punk rock. To right. me, to me, it's like you said, it moves it forward a bit. And I think it. I definitely feel that on you on that end. I think it does. Yeah, it like it's it's a good album, just on its own. It doesn't feel like it's like trying to like recapture a '90s thing. It just feels like a guy who made that kind of music is making music now. And I wonder. I'm trying to figure out why he's getting so much. Why it took so long for me and everyone else to catch up to Jeff Rosenstock because the show sold out um, at the uh, oh damn the Metro, the bigger room, the Metro. They have a smaller room apparently. I don't know where it's at, but um, I showed you I showed you the picture of the the, the flag I got there, right? Uh huh. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you folks what it is real quick. It's um, it's a uh, with the American flag, but the it has all the um LGBTQ colors on it, and mm. then it has a circle of weed leaves in the spot where the stars would be, and then all that <laughs> it says six six six. It's the most oh, subversive yeah. thing. Like so, and due to how subversive it was, I had to have it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that no one checked my luggage or something like that getting into Kansas, but um, not that I had weed or anything. It's just what well, and. Uh-huh. You you did have Satan though. I did have Satan. That's that's the most important part. Of Man, see Satan tattooed on my arm here, but um, <laughs> and that's not a joke, folks. Um, get worried. But uh, let's let's do this track by track. Um, let's do it. Let's hit it. So um, starts out with no time, which is a it it, it introduces you to punk rock right away. It just starts. Oh out. yeah, There's short the, ass song. It's like fifty four seconds. Yeah, and it's it's about um, it's about uh. So all it sounds like a like a lot of this record sounds really upbeat and it's really catchy, mm-hmm. but these but these are not like like happy outlook songs at all. No, this one is it's about like conforming or yeah. you know and joining into the corporate machine. Um, and he just didn't. I mean, no time. He's saying he like didn't have time to kind of figure out how to accept that lifestyle or yeah. fit into it. And which is a pretty like universal punk rock thing to be like like fuck the system, but I I really think that um I I don't know how he puts such earworms and such like 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 fuck yeah like because people are like like yeah yeah people are like like pumping their fists to this. Well, what I think I like about this is the tendency of a lot of punk stuff is to go like fuck the system, uh-huh. uh, and he's kind of approaching it in this way of like maybe not. Fitting in, like fitting into this stuff sucks, but maybe it's my fault. I don't <laughs> yeah. <fit in. laughs> yeah, a lot of it is like I don't fit in the system, and, and uh, what's wrong with me and that? 
Um, I do like this line. It says, uh, did you want to forge a path towards existing comfortably and total nightmare concurrent with weed? Um, uh-huh. Which I, I thought I laughed really hard when I first read it because I just, yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, very funny. It's, uh, th- yeah. There's a lot of really funny quips in this record. And uh, what, I mean, I, you would say it's downer, but the music's just so fucking joyful. I guess it yeah, it. it's it, it's very upbeat and fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. So you have the time of your life while you're reflecting on how shitty life. Is. Yeah, and the, the, that's one of the things that I think that uh, while cigarettes, I don't listen. To, I don't listen to a whole lot of uh, happy music, uh, sad bastard music all day. My all day in my basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but listening to this, I I it brought like like I don't I don't want to say I felt alive because that's really melodramatic, but it really gives me energy and a good mm-hmm. good energy listening to this. Um, wakes you up. Wakes you up, and it's cup of coffee. It's my yeah. I mean, I don't. I I told you how I feel about coffee, right? Like no. It it. it You'd rather have a cup of punk rock instead. Yeah. Um, But but, uh, (laughs) it fucks me up big time. Like I I get super jittery. Um. Oh damn. And I only drink it when I'm really tired, and then I get super fucking anxious. Like this whole record. (laughs) Uh, I I get like like really bad anxiety, and I'm like. I have to remember to like actually start breathing, even though I'm breathing. You know, you'd be like, "Is this good air or bad air?" But let's move on. To, um, Are you sure you're drinking coffee and not like meth? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, Nikes, uh, Nikes, halt! Sorry, Nikes. What's wrong with me? Nikes? <laughs> so this song uh, is pretty shitty. Pretty actually, it's a great song, but it's about it's basically um, the chorus is chasing bliss. It's basically buying stuff to make yourself feel better but it's it's then again you're buying the capitalist society and right yeah and it's, it's kind of like escapism from shitty life and shitty future through like faking happiness and success uh, you just yeah man you got it down it's also really Boom. Punk, uh, it, it, like uh no no time and nike's go straight into each other there's almost no you, you get like a, it's a little second of feedback and it sounds like they just started the song, which they did live by the way. Like they played, oh, most, that's cool. They played most songs from no dream. I was, and uh, I was, I, I tend to leave like right after the concord, right before if I've heard all the songs I want to do, because uh, I do not like squishing myself through and they played almost all the songs I want to hear. And as they come back from that core, they start playing a song called nausea from a different record. I'm like, okay, we're staying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll always stay for encores and stuff. Then usually what I do is I just mill about in front of the stage until the floor clears out. And then oh. I go, Oh yeah. You're one of those people. Uh, I think that's the best way to do it. So you don't have to get all squished up. Yeah. Yeah. People in the front row. And then you might get a set list or a drumstick. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, there were, I've gotten a set list before. Um, um, and, uh, I've also given my set list away to people that was like, they're really mm-hmm. sad. They didn't get one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've gotten a couple. Yeah, I can't remember which ones they are. I gotta like go dig through my I gotta, uh, I gotta ticket rush, drawer. I got a Russian circles one. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then uh, I uh, lost it. Like, I think you and my brother and he lost it. Whatever, because it was written Bummer. printer marker and it was like shit and it was all crumpled up. So cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> Here's your garbage, sir. Have you ever been to like the front and you see what the set list is? So you try to get a look at what they're gonna play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always feel like that's good times. Um, but yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Nike's alternate. I mean, the song Nike's is talking about buying shoes. 
Uh, have you ever like spent a lot of money on shoes? No. no, I don't spend a lot of money on anything really. At least not all at once. I have like one pair. I have two pair of shoes, like one dress shoes, and then just with the shoes I wear every fucking day, which are mm-hmm. just these these vein slip-ons, these black slip-ons that were. Uh, they're so comfortable, man. I like. I, I didn't. I never had slip-ons until like I bought these. I'm like, why the fuck I just buy these all the time now? I, I need to get a pair of slip-ons. What do you What, what do you wear now? Like, what, what did you? Wear? I I do have Nike, Ooh, uh, but I you? I buy like I buy like the old models of them that people don't want. I'm not a sneakerhead, so I don't okay. care. I'll buy like three year old models. So you don't have any Yeezys or anything like that? No, no <laughs> Yeezys, no Jeezys. All right, uh, moving on from Nike's alternate or alt. It's alternate. You think it's an alternate? Or is it, what do you I think, think? I, I think it stands for alternate, but I just I just say alt. Yeah, like altered alt rock. Going to. Scrap. I like what I like about this album that you first kind of shows up on Nike's alt is <laughs> like there's a lot of like interesting just symbols and stuff. Like they really stylize a lot of the uh, the track names oh yeah yeah for sure yeah. they got nike's alt the next one that we're moving on to is scram with an yeah. exclamation point yeah, scram you guys say that oh also i want to mention the board that song they were playing by uh the number one says it's bored so you guys say the exclamation <laughs> point yeah. but uh scram is probably my favorite song on the record like it's a good one yeah uh, it's um it's a base it's, it's also a simple message sort of just getting away from people who are just their views are just shitty Right, like, like, yeah, it's kind of like dealing with liars and hypocrites. Yeah, and you just want to, you want to go away, you want to die, you want to hide, you want to get away tonight, you want to scram. And I haven't heard the term scram in a long time, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And this song, good, good choice of words, but yeah, the, it's like people with shitty views that like judge you, and you're like, I don't, you, you're a shitty person. Why do I care what you think of me? Have you seen the video for this? Nope, haven't it, seen any videos. It's cool, like a it's sort of like a CNN sort of has a has a um, a crawl at the bottom of it. It's a really cool video, um, and a, I a really cool song. It's it's definitely the most like um, it's the one I kind of like. I guess I relate to the most right away, because right, I, you know. Uh, but even though I listen to it at home, and I'm away from all these people who are just are shitty, I. I I can't get away from it because I'm one of those people that's on the internet all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you got social media, you got people with shitty opinions and hot takes everywhere. I've noticed the, in the past two months, I've, I've, I rarely say anything on the internet. Oh, I'll show. Oh yeah, dude. I don't, I don't post anything except, uh, keeping the record night Instagram going. I'll I'll share hard times posts. Right. And that's, and that's about it. Like I, I don't, I don't have any original thought that comes out of my, out of my own <laughs> Facebook feed. I, I was doing it during the election, like sort of like giving my hot takes and people. And again, I was like, and also I tried to avoid like giving familiar platitudes like equality. You know, like every 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 person is gonna say that. You know, mm-hmm. like, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, scram. It's a, a yeah, catchy good song. song. I, yeah, uh, opens with uh, opens with like some electronic drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until, but um, I I I really recommend everyone who doesn't go out and buy it to go on Spotify. I think you'll have a good time. I have a great time every time I listen to it. I was smiling when I was listening to it yesterday. Uh, right, taking notes on it. Um, cause, but I when I know records so well, it's hard for me to take notes on because I'm just gonna talk like about it just to myself. 
I don't really have to write down notes because it's not like I need to remember what this song is about. But um, right. But you know. Yeah, I know. And this song rocks, uh, rocks balls, which brings us to uh, "No Dream." Titular track. Yeah, it, it, which it, I think is also stylized, where I think "Dream" is all cap. Yeah, all caps. Cap letters with a little space between each one of them. Um, yeah, and, and this is the most inherently uh, political song on the record, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's in you know, I I know that uh, some people have a problem when it comes to artists going ahead and being a, a political, but it's punk rock, so it's gonna be fucking political. Like like yeah, that's that's how the genre operates. Yeah, but yeah. The way this the way this one tackles political stuff is it's you know focused on the people who are being complacent in kind of the face of horrors that are happening today. They just kind of sit back and ignore things because, you know, they don't affect them or really benefit them in any way. They're just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. They were. But on a show. Um, and uh, it starts out sort of, um, sort of, fuck. Uh, it starts out sort of like soft and then I didn't include in the, um, in the, in the sampler because I wanted to be surprised. It gets punk rock like halfway through. It gets fast and heavy. And yeah, it's like it takes about three verses before the song really takes off, but it's it's very cool when it takes off because it's like super fast and like a heavy punk rock song with one tiny moment of like grindcore, which I thought was really <laughs> yeah. cool, where he's like screaming violence at the end, and it you know you get like a blast beat. But really, he says fuck violence. Yeah, but it's when he says violence is when it turns into a, is where it's a grindcore song for like a second and a half. Yeah, it's not my favorite song on the record, but he did play it like the first four songs, like right after one another. So it's like, it's like he was playing the record, which was pretty cool. I was, yeah, I like, I like this song uh, quite a bit. That little bit of like grindcore that shows up really puts like, uh, he's doing interesting things. Mm -hmm. I think it, he's messed around with like structure where he's taken three verses for like stuff to kick in and the song changes and he's adding little, you know, flavor here and there. What's it's just an interesting listen. Yeah. State line. Doing that. Uh, this is, this is actually closer to what I expected. Uh, Jeff Rosenstock to sound like, Oh yeah. So you're like, okay, this no. is kind of more in line with like that Rocky indie sound I was expecting. Yeah. I, uh, the, he, according to, According to Genius, which is something I hate saying, but according to Genius, this was written uh, when he was in Sweden. The part of the song was written while he was taking a shit in Sweden. That's what it says. Um, I mean, it's a good, good place to think. I mean, have you ever written a song where you're taking a shit? No. No? I got I to focus on what's happening. Yeah, you're like, I'm in the moment now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned this, but um, we installed a new bidet in the bathroom upstairs. Uh-huh. You were the you. I know you've seen been in my house where I had just a regular one. We got one that's heated water, heated seats, and um, it's electric. bougie as hell. I know it's bougie as hell. It's but ever since I come back from Japan, I can't, I can't, my ass like can't. It knows what's missing out until we did it. Right. <laughs> so, so now it's back to being I'm back to basically being how clean my beehole is in Japan here. It's amazing, <laughs> and we had to, we had to, we had to pay for um, because we have we do have a we do have a outlet in our bathroom, but the 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 cord for the bidet and we had to uh, call an electrician to come install install a plug for us to plug our uh, electric bidet in. So, um, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's totally fucking worth it. 
you know? Right. Yeah. And, um, I, I couldn't be happier with, and with everyone who comes out and I encourage them to take advantage of the, of the bidet. <laughs> and it was, so, uh, I used to go to this hookah place and they had this, I didn't, this is before I knew like bidets were a thing in the U S like, what's this cord turn? And it shot water out from the seat onto the wall and I closed it down real quick. I'm like, that's what it does. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, this, this bidet in here, it actually, it has a sensor on it, so it won't go off unless you're sitting on the seat. So, like you can't lock your keys in your car. Yeah. It, I, you can't clean an ass that doesn't exist. Exactly. I, I mean, I love that thing that you can't lock your keys. Like, I don't have that, but Leah does. My wife does. Right. So she can't lock, <laughs> you know, she can't lock, use, yeah, she can't lock keys in the car. Anyway, we see on. Um, uh, what the point you're trying to make here is, is Jeff Rosensock probably had a dirty butt. Yeah, when and, uh, when he wrote this song, exactly. So I'm getting at, and the, this song is just, <laughs> it's it's sort of just about missing home, which a lot of these songs are about talking about how much tour sucks. Um, mm-hmm. And I used to think that man, that's something I would do. I want to be a, I want to be a tour musician, and I'm I'm at the age where I'm like, that sounds fucking awful being away from home. It's it sounds like it's a lot of work, especially if you're playing like night after night. Like you're not going on vacation. Yeah, you're not seeing the you're, sights. You're, you're going to the next state or the next city. You know. Yeah, it's like you're driving, you know, twelve hours a day to make the next show, so you can go on stage and do something for you know hour, two hours. Yeah. Um, and then we move on to fame, also sort of stylized all in lower caps with the space between each letter. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really like the first half of the song. But it, it, I mean, I do like the song a lot, but when it comes to the, um, you will not control, that's when I feel like the song tape picks up. I feel like that's, it does. I, I, this one is one of my favorites on the album. Yeah. It, um, it really, I just, I like how much it changes. Yeah. And I really love that ending. The outro of it is it, it sort of gives the song a bow sort of like everything's building together. And then when they have that, it's the, 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 the you will not control. It's like, it's like it's bringing the song together as a message. Exactly. And yeah, like, it like it gets like jammy. It's got like big layers of vocals. It almost becomes like a crowd chanting. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, but it's way, cool, and it's about like the you know the fickleness of fame, I guess. Like people turn on you, and, and hate you, but they don't like know you. Like yeah. they just kind of like judge based on you know not knowing you. Yeah. They just turn on you. And I also want to mention that when I saw this band live, when I saw Jeff Rose talk live, the crowd was singing onto every fucking word. So it was, really, oh, nice. it, was it was really powerful. You know, like 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 they, they really connected. They weren't there seeing. I don't know. Uh, you know, there's a show, but when it comes to punk rock, so the crowd was super into it, and everyone everyone now was just, you know just sort of like, you know, in this part, and oh god, it's so so good to see live music that's so intense like that again in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm jealous. You'll do it. I'm sure it's had to happen. I'll get. I'll get there eventually. Yeah. Uh, we would leave it in the sun, which right away you found the song is basically about uh, about not being able to keep relationships while while you're touring. Like that's why. Yeah, it's just kind of like letting a like neglecting a relationship, basically. Yeah. Um, one of the things I enjoy about Jeff first talk is you do get an idea what his um feelings are, but you don't. You don't really, uh, you find a hard way. You can't really judge him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like there's not, he's not, he's not, um, saying how much your shitty person is. Like when you listen to bright eyes or you're cursive, you're just, he's just 
like you said, it's all pretty, pretty universal. You know, even exactly. If, even if you're not a touring musician, you understand the feeling of, of, of leaving someone or growing up or. Right. Know. Like, I guess because he's a musician who tours, we can assume it's about touring, but I, I feel like the song doesn't like, this is a song about being on tour and my yeah. relationships. It's just kind of like, Hey, sometimes relationships get neglected. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the song. It's not my favorite. It's just there. Um, <laughs> it does some, it does some cool stuff uh, to kind of elevate it a little bit where I feel like I can hear an acoustic guitar in the mix mm-hmm. that adds a little bit of like flavor to the strumming. Like you get an interesting timbre on a punk song. Let me, let me ask you a question. Real quick. What's your feeling on, on acoustic guitars that are electric that have distortion to them? They could sound cool. I feel like uh, Fender especially has been trying to like push these like acoustic electric things yeah, and everyone uh-huh. hates them. I hate them too. It's like, well, it's like everyone I think who plays guitar is kind of like, nobody fucking wants this. And then Fender's like, you do. Yeah. We're going to keep making them. <laughs> but like, for example, uh, if you listen to Neutral Milk Hotel, you know, in the second, and they have that song Hall in 1945, that is mm-hmm. a, a acoustic guitar with distortion on it. And I, I think I think it sounds cool. Yeah, I think it sounds cool, but a lot of people hate it. My brother hates it. Matt can't stand it. <laughs> can't stand it. He's like, he's like, I don't get it. I don't understand why they didn't do that. But you know, you know. I it's an interesting sound. I guess maybe it's an acquired taste. We but the, I like it. The beauty of breathing, um, which is about getting bad advice about managing your anxiety. Yeah, I mean, my doctors told me the same thing. Like, they told me what app to download, and I'm like, it's just. It's not really helping. <laughs> yeah, man, go outside and touch grass. Yeah, That'll do it. Yeah, uh, listen to this app and then tell you to feel things. I'm like, I'm feeling things. That's why That's why I'm feeling like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but like, yeah, it's like those techniques work well for other people, but they don't, they don't work for everybody. So after you hear it over and over again of stuff that worked out for, you know, somebody with like a more neurotypical brain, like, it's like, no, like, my brain doesn't work like yours just sitting there thinking, you know, thinking about nothing or thinking about everything. Like, that just stresses me out. I can't clear my brain. This motherfucker will never stop thinking. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's, I, I have my own methods for dealing with it. But otherwise, but yeah, I I definitely relate to this song a lot. <laughs> In my I like the line, uh, I'm so jaded. That's why I'm so fucking sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like... Uh, you could live a life of real tranquility, but I just thought of every stupid thing that's been keeping me from sleeping. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i sure there are plenty of people that have had a hard time sleeping because of the race, thoughts racing, you know? Um, so, again, that universal feeling to this beauty of breathing. But, uh, again, Jeff Rosenstock, he's pretty, he's pretty, he's pretty unique in how all the, a lot of music can sound sunny and really fun, and but it's, it's kind of just, it's it's sad. It's it's depressing, uh, but in a good way. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I like the sound on this one, uh, like musically. Yeah. Because yeah. it's got the like very distorted, like almost like lo-fi sounding guitars during the choruses mm-hmm. that have this kind of like wall of sound distortion effect that I think is really cool. You want to move on to old crap? Yeah, which I think is my favorite on the album. Oh yeah. Okay. I think so. 
Let me, let me double check my notes. It is. It is my favorite on the album. The funny thing is that the couple of users is just the ba 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 part. And the, yeah. Because, you know, uh, I, again, I, I labored over what to put. Like, I didn't want to give everything away. I labored what to put on the um, sampler big time. But um, I really love this record, too. And the song. And the record. But yeah. The song. It's good. It's like, you know, recognizing that you're getting stuck in patterns of being shitty. And the truth sort of sucks, you know, everyone knows that, but they're not doing anything about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause they, you know, they come up with excuses like, Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's my body. It's my brain. It's nature slash natural. Yeah. It's insane. In the membrane, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those that, um, it does that thing that I'm starting to notice on a lot of pop punk things where you've got that, you've got the acoustic song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just guy playing an acoustic and singing over it. Um, but this one finally rounds it out and introduces a full band to it. I wish a full band would be here. And it's like, as soon as I thought that the band kicked in, it was like perfect timing. Yeah. I mean, you want that full band and that, I, I'm sure a lot of people, when they listen to records that are just like halfway, just like in your songwriting and you're like, I don't really could use a full. Um, I wonder what the sound of the full band. He does not let you wonder that because he shows you, you know exactly. Yeah, and it, it was like it was just perfect timing. It was like now would be a good time for a full band to boom, band <laughs> kicks in. I'm like, oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me and Jeff Rosenstock were on the same page. I'm glad you hear that. Uh, we'll move on to uh, asterisk 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 Airbnb. Um, it's Airbnb. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Jeff has been known to not advertise, you know what I mean? Like, you don't advertise. Right. So, for example, he crossed out the Airbnb. I am a patron of Airbnb. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. And this song, it's it's pretty, just, it's about, basically, it's about, it. he wrote about, uh, basically, his friend whose mom was actually living out his apartment when he was out of town, right? Which is, right. but it's more about, like, sort of, like, Either you're looking down these people that have this shitty life, you know, like like with this life that's kind of hard, and then wishing, well, I don't have that life, and I kind of wish I did, you know. Yeah, I, what I got from it was like each verse is him staying at a different Airbnb, yeah. and kind of very quickly being like, for you know a couple of days, you don't stay at an Airbnb very long, just like being swept up into these different lives, kind yeah. of almost like living vicariously, but almost like getting like a a taste of. But different like lives, a, different a, possibilities. Of a normal life, even because again, we some of this whole record about how much touring can be a drag, you know? Exactly. And sort of, he, he can sort of imagine what his life would be like if he didn't have his profession of him touring uh, or all those other things, you know? So uh, I thought that yeah. was I thought that yeah. was an interesting thought. On it. Like to me, that was really cool. I, you don't hear a lot. You don't hear a whole lot of songs about. I mean, you hear a lot of songs about. I wish I had a normal life or whatever, but you don't really hear it in this aspect. I think it's a really cool way to explore that concept. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like just, you know, he's kind of making these fleeting connections with people Mm -hmm. that are, you know, wildly different. Um, and I also really like how the song ends Yeah, where it's like a false start for the next song. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like they, they started up and then cut it. (laughs) <laughs> and then it starts up exactly the same when uh, Monday at the Beach kicks in. Which is a really short song, kind of simple, but it's it's about basically 
I, uh, I, me and my, uh, so we kind of broke up, but I want to go to the beach still. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, um, like trying to escape from a bad situation, like either physically or mentally by going to the beach to, yeah, to go to the beach. But it, it, the thing he wants at the beach that he thinks will make him feel better, uh, oh, you know, oh. might potentially, you know, be rained out or he'll yeah. have bad weather and it won't, it won't help him at all. Yeah, so it's, I like it. Short, short but sweet punk song that reminded me a lot of uh, the Vandals. Yeah, I got that too. That's interesting. I didn't write that down, but it's something I thought of for sure. Yeah, it's like, oh, perfect. Yeah, this is this is a you know '90s or 2000s <laughs> punk album. Yeah, uh, did you? I mean, everyone knows Vandals bad or Hitler, Hitler bad. Vandals good, right? So yeah, good? yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I listen to it every now and then. Every now and then, Phantom. I love that album. It's it's one of my favorite punk albums. What's your albums. favorite Sarah Ross song on that record? My favorite what? Song off Hitler Bad Vandals Good. Um, damn, that's a good question. I think I like. I mean, Eurobarge has. Yeah. I mean, it has has really, the nostalgia. Yeah, with with the Tony Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I also really like Idea for a Movie because I think that the song just the lyrics are really funny. I really feel like we. This is the first time we talked about the Vandals. On this, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, and I like, I like a bunch of different era of vandals too. It's yeah. like I like, I really like Live Fast Diarrhea. I like <laughs> Hitler Bad Vandals. Good. I have a copy of Hollywood Potato Chip, and yeah. I think they're all really good. I, uh, my favorite song of Hitler Bad Vandals because honestly, it's the only one I'm really familiar with, and I got it before Pony Hawk. So don't look at me that way. Uh, I, like, <laughs> I like people that are going to hell. I like Phantom yep. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and I like uh. God, where he finds the 20 bucks. What's that song called? Oh, oh fuck. Money's not an issue. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I love that song too. So good. Yeah, uh, it's so funny. Uh, moving on to Jeff Rundstock. Um, Honeymoon Ashtray. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a funny song. Kind of. I mean, it's... It's, it's a little bit more of like a laid back sounding song. It's kind of longer and jammier. Yeah. Um, But I got from this one at least lyrically that he's like looking at random objects as like omens of a relationship that yeah. failed, like something like, Oh, I should have seen it coming. Cause you know, this, there was this sitting in the hotel room. There was, there was all this stuff. The, ho- the hotel, the honeymoon ashtray broke. Yeah. Uh, uh, which I, I don't know. I thought that was a good lyric. Yeah. It's in, in the, like one of the things I like about it is like, um, it's, it's, it's a funny song, but it's also like sort of like, uh, one one of the things I really loved about this this song in particular was the quiet chorus, which I mm-hmm. which I put in here. You know, like um, uh, I I don't know when I, like for example, I was riding in the car with my wife, and I was like, hold on, and I, I was like, uh, hold that thought, and I just turned out the the quiet chorus part. You know, like cause I, <laughs> I love that part of the song. Um, uh, but the, also I got sort of like um, there's the last line that says, "Don't see through the cracks, and surely we'll find." Uh, like it's basically saying like, why are you looking for shit that's not there? You know, like right. Like, if you examine something too far, you're always gonna find something wrong with it. You know, so mm-hmm. if you're feeling good, why are you gonna search for the bad? And you know, that's what this song's. That's why I got out of, out of this song. Uh, and it's a good song. It's a great song. I actually, it's one of my favorite songs on the record. Let me ask Trey. It's a good one. Which brings us to Ohio Turnpike. Which is stylized as Ohio TPKE. Yeah, more stylization. Uh, I this song is heartbreaking, sort of. Uh, mm-hmm. 
because it has the the song talks about basically coming home and uh, being with your SO or not being with your SO, that sort of thing. But the last lines of it, the ones that kill me, where it says, I, I'm just coming home to you, I hate coming home, I hate leaving home, that, that sort of back and forth, you know? Um, right. And, and yeah, I, it's like you've got this anticipation of going home to somebody, yeah. which you like, but then being gone all the time causes problems. Yeah. So it's like there. I mean, there's a strong chance you're going back home to a fight. Like it's not going to be as fun and romantic as you hope it would be. Yeah, and again, lamenting the tour life, like about how kind of kind of kind of sucks. You know, like like you have this thing and you can't keep it. You can't maintain. Right. You can't maintain it. It's 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 a bummer. (laughs) Like, and it makes me realizing that uh, 22 year old me does not want to be 32 year old me. Right. Yeah. Like. I mean, I'm 35, but like you understand, like like <laughs> like when I was super young and touring sounded amazing. Uh, that's not something that I have any interest in as a as a man of my age in the middle. right. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is wonder, it's like, the longest like, song on the album. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of like changes throughout it. Like it's mm-hmm. a really it's a really interesting, interestingly structured song. Interesting lyrically. And it really she's good shit. It's also a great closer, I think. Yeah. Well, they do that. They do one of those things I really like where they end on just like a piano jam. Yeah. Yeah. And so it goes on like for another minute with the piano jam. And you're just, yeah. It and it sort of, it sort of eases you out of this. It's like coming up to shore. I guess just yeah. Like you the, get a, you get a, a moment to reflect while the music is still going. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's Jeff Rosenstock's No Dream. Um, out of all the Jefferson Sox records I own, which are three, um, this mm-hmm. is my favorite. Maybe because it's so it's recent. good. Um, I, I'm sure there's people that disagree with me that's out there, but I love No Dream, and I can't wait for what comes next. I mean, Scott Dream came, and that's cool too. I've listened to that several times myself, but like the next year record, but might be a bit because he's. 20. It might be because this was 2020, so I'm willing to guess at least another year or two. What is up with bands? That, so I've been looking at older bands, and they have like records that are released like every year, like in the from the sixties and seventies. I'm like, how are they doing that now? Like the standard for a band that's sort of made it, quote unquote, is two years between records. You know that? I think I think there was a higher rate of burnout back yeah. then. Okay. Uh, then also really uh, exploitative record deals. Okay, so you because to- because you get a lot of shit. Like I was watching a. Uh, not like a documentary, but somebody's doing like a discog, a discography deep dive on the Beatles. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they had to re, you know, they had a bunch of uh, record contracts that they had to keep up with. So they released just like a bunch of garbage. <laughs> oh, my God. So when they were able to slow down their stuff, that's when they, you know, got into the more experimental stuff and kind of became the band that everybody like, really loves. loves. And, you know, they get more critically acclaimed and stuff like that. But then you get like, oh, we were supposed to have an album this year. Here's an album. That's five singles that we released. And then the other half is like a, a score from yellow submarine or something like that, that they didn't even write. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Beatles themselves? Um, I think they're interesting. I think the guy whose video I watched his YouTube channel is Mike, the snare. Mm. Um, he he compared them to like Citizen Kane of like everyone agrees, you know, best band, best movie, 
But when you watch it now, after everything that's come after it, that's inspired it, it doesn't look like it's doing anything interesting because you're not getting the, the the context of it. Yeah, the um, cultural shift. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's kind of how I feel about the Beatles is like, I think I'm too far removed to like really appreciate it. Like, I mean, they've got some really good songs. I like Abbey Road quite a bit, um, hey, but Jude, it's kind of just like. Hey, Jude's one of those perfect songs. I mean, I think of a perfect song. Hey, Jude's song. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's kind of what I end up running into with the Beatles is I don't really like a lot of it. Um, but, uh, there's some decent stuff in there. Yeah. All right, cool. I mean, a lot of people I know, like Beatles is a great shit I'm like, yeah, I mean, but there's shit that came out after that. That's even better, but, um, right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, Jeff Rosenstock's new dream. So I'm glad you liked that Jeff Rosenstock record. Um, it's, uh. And that's why I did for free play, something that you'd enjoy listening to. Now, right now, now, um, <laughs> now, what, what you, you chose the residence, uh, uh-huh, the commercial show. album. So I want you first tell me what you know about the residence. Okay. I am going to try to keep this brief. Okay. But they are one of the like most interesting bands that is, and important and influential bands that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of people really know about them okay okay um so they're uh, like a hyper prolific experimental avant-garde band from san francisco they've done 60 albums at least um they've done they were some of the first people to do music videos they were part of like mtv's original rotation with music videos from this album um they've done short films they were some of the first people to like embrace uh, like doing like multimedia stuff as a band. So it's like, they have three CD ROM things of like adventure games or like exploring like a sideshow freak show thing, uh, which played like music videos. They expanded into like comic books. Um, They have 10 different DVDs one of which was like supposed to be a compilation of all their music videos. And then while they were compiling it, they're like, you know, what would be cool. What if we re-recorded all of these songs? Um, so that album has, or that compilation has two different like audio tracks on it. Um, they came up with, I don't know if they came up with, but they were one of the first people to embrace the uh, theory of obscurity, which is also the name of their documentary. Um, so they all wear masks it's never really been revealed who they are. I think people kind of think they know who they are and that they're probably right. <laughs> um, but they've, so they're, they're one of the first bands to like wear masks. Uh, a lot of their music, if it got like too personal, they would hold on to it. They have an album called uh, not available that they thought some of the songs were too personal. So they locked it in a vault until they forgot about it and then released it. <laughs> um. But yeah, they used to, so they wear masks. They used to change every album until they settled on the, uh, the eyeball. Yeah. It's an eyeball with a top hat. If you guys haven't seen that, um, I've seen it all the, I mean, now I get it, but, uh, I knew who the residents were and I'm like, Oh, that's where that's from. That's the residence. The eyeball with the yeah. top hat. Okay. Um, and then before talking about the commercial album, I'll touch on some, uh, I, I'm not going to touch on every album, but I'll touch on some like really notable ones. Uh, one of their first notable ones is called Third Reich and Roll. It is a kind of like a commentary on like the fascism that's in the music industry, where it's 
kind of like a remix album, like one of like a very early remix album, but they basically just redid rock songs in like and deconstructed them in like really unrecognizable and horrible ways. It's amazing. It's mm. it's one of those albums that you listen to and you're like, I think I recognize this song, <laughs> but it's uh, they after one of their albums, they you know, there was an interview and they used to have like a spokesman and the spokesman was asked like, oh, well, what's what's next for the residents? And as a joke, he said their next album is going to be a bunch of grunting and wind sounds. <laughs> so they released Eskimo, which is a bunch of grunting and wind sounds <laughs> that has like a story. So yeah. it's almost like a, like kind of like an ambient story thing. So you're supposed to like read this, like these like chapters that they wrote for yeah. each one. Uh, they did, I mentioned it earlier, they did one called Freak Show, which was one of like their, their early um, CD-ROM things. Yeah. It also had like a, very popular like DC comic adaptation that was really good. They have a whole era called like the storyteller era where they do like, they did like a podcast uh, radio play detective thing. That was really cool. They did one uh, that was like narration of a story that then had like singing, they did, like, you know, a bunch of really cool stuff like that. Um, so a lot of, very uh, high concept albums, which carried over into the commercial album that we're going to talk about where they basically settled on like the purest form of musical expression is the commercial jingle. Cause you need to get across everything you need to say in a way that is both catchy and short. You have 60 seconds to do it. Um, so that's what they did. This album is 40 songs that are all exactly a minute long. Okay. Uh, you ready to play the clip and then we'll talk about this? Uh, almost. Okay. Almost ready. Okay. <laughs> a couple more things on this. Uh, it had a bunch of famous guest musicians. It had Chris Cutler of Henry Cow, Fred Frith, who was also part of Henry Cow, uh, Andy Partridge from XTC, and Brian Eno and David Byrne show up on it. Talking heads, guys. Yep. And then... <laughs> <laughs> to get radio play, uh, to also kind of get in the, you know, get in with the concept of the album, they paid the local radio station for 40 minutes of like one minute advertising and then just played the whole album <laughs> as a as a thing yep. on the radio. All right. And then as a just a quick introduction to the sampler, it would be close to impossible to try to cram 40 songs into a listenable little sampler. So I did like a smattering of, you know, my favorite songs or interesting songs on here. So this is more like a, a wide brushstroke of the album instead of little bits of every song. Uh, so please, please listen to this because there's a lot that's not showing up on the sampler. Yes. If I this on Spotify, this is Resonance, the commercial album. Something I must say The only really perfect love Is one that gets away 
Is uh, that's that's the resonance, the commercial the album. commercial album. So uh, one one thing I one last thing I forgot to mention about them being important, they were one of the first bands to embrace uh, synths and samplers, and they were always at the the cutting edge of music technology. So every this, all their stuff they were using like the latest, most experimental shit. Nineteen eighties is in the songs. The record was released, right? Yeah. Okay. So. I, I right away with the name of it and the links of the songs, I was able to deduce the kind of commentary they're making with it also being top 40. There are 40 tracks. 40 yeah, tracks. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, I did a little more research on this. That's because I was too, I was perplexed, right? So I <laughs> uh, I was confounded, better way to put it. So, uh, of course, they were trying to make jingles, right? Sort of like, like you said, purest form of musical expression is the jingle, right? Right, and also uh, they were making commentary on you know top forty radio and how well if you want to hear a full song just re- cycle through the same song three times in a row, which I didn't do. Okay, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's you know a joke, but you yeah. know it's verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus. You just listen to it three times. It's a very interesting concept, right? It's, and it's mm-hmm. very artistic, even um, the commentary. Uh, but I will say, nothing on here was catchy which is like the hallmark of a jingle like the reason why you come <laughs> back to something is that credits that pavlonian response what saying oh i know this is mcdonald's or this is you know mcdeezing that warm feeling because it ties mm-hmm. to, to that melody which i didn't get any of that from these songs that not let's say there weren't some they're ca- they're catchy to me okay there there's some catch like the easter woman right away that that yep. circle in my head but there are a lot of songs here I'm like, no fucking way. Uh, but, <laughs> now listen, uh, every song, like, and this is pre-Tim Burton, but I'm going to reference Tim Burton. It felt like a commercials from a Tim Burton movie, but they sent it off to Korea to make what a Tim Burton movie would be like, and these are mm-hmm. the songs in it. These are the jingles on the commercials they have in this Tim Burton movie. Cause it, oh, yeah. It's, you know, most of this is synth. Most of the, I mean... Arguably, most would synth. There's there's guitar and there's drums, but yeah, it all kind of. There's something really weird about this album 
and maybe like the residents as a whole is it's really hard to think of them as like people like music like they're performing their instruments like you said I, it, there's I, something I, about it where it's like i'm not thinking about them jamming yeah so that's what yeah, they're artistic they're they are they're the art of them being them is all performance art to me mm-hmm. um and so i i can't here's what i thought about the music uh, so i mentioned what it sounds like but it's it's like if you a guy had some aliens to come down from, you know, whatever planet, and you stuck right. in a room and you give them synthesizers and a, a drum machine, and they go, I want you to make what music, human music sounds like. This is what <laughs> they make. That's why. Right. So um, uh, I can't say I enjoyed this, but I did mm-hmm. appreciate you showing me this, but I cannot see myself going back and listening to this. I will talk about it to people and I'm like, if you learn some really weird shit, uh, from the eight, 1980, I mean, because I've heard weirder shit now, but this is uh, this was bizarre to listen, and I yeah, and um, you took free play to the limit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, I will say, listen to the residences, the commercial album, at least one. This also isn't even their weirdest shit. I like. <laughs> They, they get out there. One thing I really like about the residents beyond, I mean, they sound, Wait, you, nobody sounds like the residents. Do you have this on vinyl? Oh, dude, I fucking wish. I have a friend who does. <laughs> and it's like, it's like a holy grail find for me. I oh, do have yeah. a de- I have, I have Eskimo. I have, so they also do a really good job of like preservation and, you know, mm-hmm. keeping up with their stuff. So I have a lot of their albums on CD, but they came in these like thick, often like 30 to 40 page, like hardcover books that had the uh, CD shoved in the back. Sometimes they had a DVD. Sometimes they had a bonus album. Like they're currently on a thing now called like the preserved stuff where they're releasing like every demo for stuff on, you know, these thick vinyl sets for each album. But they've been around for 40 years, right? For a really long time. yeah. 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 And they've just been, they've been working that whole time. Um, but yeah, so they, they sound very much just like themselves, but like, it's always kind of this like weird, slightly unsettling. Like I think Tim Burton was a good, uh, good comparison point for that. Cause it's like the, the stuff that he's doing, it's like, it's all very much like kind of unsettling and weird. And you can't quite put your finger on like, what's so weird about this. Why, like, why is this unsettling me so much? There's a, there are quite a few unsettling jingles in this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and there's some names in the songs in here that are ridiculous. Um, there are some that I definitely found myself going back to, and I went to Spotify, saw the plays, how many plays on each song. Like, uh-huh. But we'll get to that. Um, but I'm going to try to go through the 40 songs on here. As yeah, I, I texted you before I picked this one saying, are you cool with a challenge? Because we're going to try to, we're probably going to blast through these 40. Okay. We'll, start with uh, the, we'll start with the first one, Easter Woman. Yeah, it's uh, got this kind of like marching beat, creepy synths, oddly pitched vocals. It, it's very like unsettling atmosphere they make. So I wrote down, it feels like commercial jingle. Because cause at the end, it didn't sound like commercial jingle. It's creepy. It's a creepy song. Yeah, and the whole thing is about yeah. basically like the personification of death coming to mm-hmm. take his wife away. Yeah, and like so that's why I got to the point. Like, okay, so this is 
they're not trying to sell anything except what's on this record. Like they're making jingles for themselves. <laughs> they're not trying yeah. To sell. Um, yeah. They're not, they're not trying to make like a, a parody album. They, they're more so like looking at the artistic merits of certain things. So it's like, if you're listening to this being like, I want to listen to a band who made 40 commercial jingles. Like, no, this is, they're making their music. It, with the limitations of a commercial jingle. Right. And again, it's 40 songs, but it's 40 minutes. So you're really going to complain about that. Anyway. Um, right. Perfect. If you don't like a song, wait 59 more seconds. Yeah. Uh, perfect love. Um, a little more jaunty. Yeah. And you, until the creepy synths show up. And you included this in your, in your sample, like uh, the love that gets away, um, which is, um, yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's kind of like, you know, the memory of a relationship mm-hmm. that failed, you know, you like romanticize it. It's often in your mind better than whatever relationship you're in now because it's perfect. They can't mess things up. They can't, you know, you can't have a real relationship with that anymore. The weirdest in the songs that they get straight to the point. There's not really a whole lot of like a lot to unpack. Like there's but- not fluff. Like we could, we could for most of these songs just say like, Hey, Easter woman, the lyric is, Easter woman came today and took away my wife. Yeah. Took her through an open doorway to the afterlife. Perfect Boom. love. She's something dead. I must tell you. Something yeah. I must say. The only really perfect love is one that gets away. Uh, Boom. Those are the whole lyrics. Yeah. Uh, picnic boy. Uh, uh, basically, this guy's with this girl. He, or this girl's with this guy. And basically, the friend calls this person's other friend fat. And they're yeah. like, well, now I don't like you anymore because you're t- yeah, it, well, they're in like a toxic relationship. They're judgmental of their friends for no reason. But Picnic Boy is really the friend that everyone wants. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, this one's got like a little like bass line, a bit of a guitar solo, and just very like melodramatic singing. Or yeah, I don't know, he does like a little like singing. oh <laughs> yeah, if you want to call it that. Um, <laughs> I think they're singing. Yeah. So uh, end of home. Uh, end of home. Right. So is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the next one after Picnic Boy. A very creepy song. There are a lot of creepy songs. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, this one's kind of about being like uh, overcome with grief. Deep into and it's my kind of a more like the yeah. <laughs> it's on the slower and eerier side. They've got these like echoey, tremolo-y, tremolo-y vocals. Mm-hmm. They really kind of like play around with how they can affect the vocals. That yeah, I, I think really feel that like they did. They had a lot of fun in the studio, turning knobs and plugging stuff in. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, for example, I, this is, I heard Dave Bowie's like on VH1 years ago. Uh, but he was talking about how when the when synthesizer first came out, uh, the people that the people that made it, they're like, okay, here, you can put do this, and it sounds like this. Like, if you want a twinkly sound, throw it in there. But if you're a musician, you're just going to start plugging shit in anywhere you want to, right? Right. And what comes out is you just turn fart, right? Uh-huh. I feel like that they they did that they 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 found these sounds and they're just like fuck it we'll just we'll we'll do whatever we want with these sounds and we'll we'll add something <laughs> around the sound we we found which right. sounds like fun you know? it's a it's a good uh, good creative process yeah they I may I think also part of their like trying to obscure who they are um, as like musicians and stuff is they they have to like mess with how their vocals sound so you know if their friends are listening to the album like oh check out this weird residency it's like wait this guy sounds a lot like you <laughs> is this you pal um what what yeah. no so by the way i for the longest time i don't uh, yeah, again i don't know that much for the residents but i didn't realize they're from san francisco 
Well, I think they're originally from like Louisiana okay. and then they found that environment a little too stifling. Sure. Um, Amber, which is really happy, but unsettling also has a verse course, which is yeah. <laughs> interesting. Cause like a lot, of, a lot of this, I, I was, I think a lot of this felt really kind of haikus <laughs> with how all the lyrics were, you know? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Again, but I like, it's not like a call and response, but it's like the first little verse part is a girl singing about how, you know, life is fun and it's laid back, but then kind of like this little hint that like the whirlpools are calling to her. <laughs> like she's compelled to go to these whirlpools. And yeah. then the second like response part is a guy singing about how her curiosity for the whirlpools got her killed because she was getting called by the whirlpools and just sucked in and drowned. Fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can move on Japanese um, watercolor. Yep, I, one of the instrumental tracks yeah, on here. You know, one of the, one, there's a few of the instrumental tracks. I I listened to them like, is this? I'm hearing something slightly Asian melody in this, but the, again, I don't know if I was just listening for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it seems to have that. I mean, I think it's very aptly named. Uh, it's got that little uh, I can't remember what it's called, like a seosin or something <laughs> like that, where it's like a yeah. Uh, and they're building, they're building layers and doing all this really cool stuff on this one. Secrets is probably my favorite on this. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a very, uh, Cut them it's one of the creepier ones. Yeah. Like a paranoid guy watching people and kind of being like, you know, what are, yeah, he's like really paranoid. Like what's yeah. going on between them. And then he, uh, kills them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the, but this one builds, builds an intensity. The chords get uglier. There's lots of ugly sounds on this record. I will say that right away. And oh, that's most yeah, that's yeah, most of it. Yeah. Um, next one, dying terror, which sounds exactly like it is. It's like dying in terror is a spooky thing to happen. It's yeah, yeah, but it's like someone who who wished that that's how she would die. Like he's he's kind of like remembering yeah, yeah, back yeah, and just yeah. like <laughs> like the whole thing is like she said she wanted to die in terror, screaming in the night, and then later on he's like, hey, I wonder if I wonder if she ever got her yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, happened to her. I hope it, it should. Yeah. Um, he's he's not hoping it happened, but he's, he's kind of like I wonder I wonder if that did happen to her. Yeah, I know it's just what she wanted. Um, Red Rider, red hair, yeah, red bike, kind of, yeah, running away from a storm. It's got this like you know the storm's looming, but the girl's riding on her bike. But mm -hmm. it's like where's she going? Is she freaked out about this? Yeah, uh, again, not really a whole lot to be said about this song, like like most of them. But there's some that actually have a little. Well, meaning a little bit like like it. I think there I mean there's definitely meaning in them they just don't give you a lot to work with because they're <laughs> you know trying to work in such a tight space where it's like other artists they could you know really hammer a theme in it's like oh you get one line and you need to figure out what we're talking about <laughs> All right. uh, my second wife yep it's about a uh, guy's wife going crazy but he doesn't really seem to care he, he's listening she's gonna be fine you know, like the yeah, yeah. But he's on it. I mean, he's on his second wife now. But you know, he likes football a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and she's basically he's, he's just like uh, the doctor said. You know, she slipped into his hysteria. Uh, so I'm gonna watch the football game, and she's gonna take a nap. Yeah, hopefully she'll be fine when she wakes up. Um, yeah, <laughs> Floyd instrumental. Yeah, uh, a little kind of like happy. Sounding like piano thing, a little jaunty. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, do, 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 do. No, I got um, And then they start whole... adding in some well, odd no, instrumentation. Yeah, no, a whole lot of snare in this record. When it comes to like, 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 um, 
snare like. I mean, there's some snapping, there's some thumping, but when, mm-hmm. when it comes to to sharp uh, percussive, not a whole lot of that. Um, yeah, there like there is snare on parts where you know they got like marching beats yeah. on stuff, or it's kind of buried in the mix somewhere. Yeah, um, it's not a drum heavy album. Yeah, Sunbathers, the suburban suburban bathers. bathers. Love yourself. That's what I got from it. Like, huh? Love yourself. Yeah, this one's. Uh, I think this one's about people being surface level. Mm. People are too scared to go deep or be deep or really kind of explore things. Um, yeah, you know, it's got a little bit of a sing along. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see the sea. <laughs> Bum, the sea. Ba, ba, sees me. I have a question. Pew! Did you, have you listened to this in front of Mar yet? Yeah, this was like, she, I was in the middle of like my residence loving thing when we met. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, so like my, one of my original bands in high school used to cover songs from this album. Mm-hmm. Like I was... I was deep into it. I don't think I've ever like pushed like you might like this on her, but <laughs> yeah. she's de- she has to have heard some of these songs. Okay. Well, in fact, I listened to a lot of this on the. Uh, I was driving home the other day after I picked it. Okay, so you're just like uh, I picked her up. Yeah, it's like you're stuck with it. Dimples and toes. Actually, I changed my mind. This is my favorite song on the record. It's a good one. It's also about having it's kids. About, it's cute. Yeah, about <laughs> kids growing up, but also a pretty bad relationship. It yeah, seems yeah. like. <laughs> So, um, but we can move on. It's a pleasant song, even. I mean, nothing really bad to say about it. The name was Souls. Uh, what I have in my notes is just a question mark. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a funky bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget the funky bass. Sorry, I forgot but this, uh, this one, I think it's about like a couple of like outcasts that are both kind of like looking in and wishing they were accepted. I mean, That's what I got. Okay, I, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, love leaks out. Uh, um, the title, the title says it all because that's really what the, the the thesis of the song is. Love leaks out. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a relationship that gets is like decaying or getting worse with time. And um, over that time, love leaves it. It leaks out. Yeah, love leaks out and goes away. Yeah, that's good. Uh, this one's kind of more like grand sounding. Like yeah. it sounds very orchestral to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get the act of being polite. That's the saddest fuck song to me. <laughs> I I like it. I used to say because I mean, don't you get exhausted with it being polite? Yeah, but I and I I think I take it out on the wrong people when I do. <laughs> yeah. I think, I'm and just, that's that's basically what the song is. Yeah. He you know he spends his days being polite, which tires him out, and then it ruined you know a nice moment. She's yeah. probably like you know getting him a gift, doing something nice, and he. <laughs> He fell asleep in the middle of her her nice grand gesture. Yeah, um, medium medium man is that the next one? Medicine man. Medicine man. I was right. Another instrumental. Yeah, yeah. And I tried to figure out like maybe the name of it, and it didn't really sound like medicine. <laughs> yeah, I don't get. I don't know if I get medicine man from this one. It sounds a lot like like a scary action sequence. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting chased by something because it's got this like low bass and. And like this weird like wind sound. Yeah. So um Tragic Bells. I there is a bell sound in this. Like like Oh yeah. Yeah, like a yeah, like, very like deep sounding yeah, bell like, sound like, too. Like a long, like a dong, you know. Um also kind of a sad song. I mean tragic. But uh Yeah, I mean it's kind of about 
you know, sadness, depression, mm. like the, the kind of washing over you, yeah. like the sound of a bell. Yeah, I mean, a deep bell, too. Um, Loss of Innocence, this is the most Tim Burton song I've heard in this record so far. Like, like Oh, yeah, I mean, it's very, like, carnival-sounding. Yeah, 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 It's basically describing a carnival that a, a child's wandered into. Which, that, and, uh, and if I remember correctly, I read about this, like, while well, Genius, right? Like they uh-huh. ha- they have like a like you explored this in the CD ROM like a sideshow. Yeah, one of their CD ROMs is called Bad Day at the Midway, which is yeah you get to kind of walk around this uh, Midway environment um, where the, yeah so they expanded basically this song out into like a whole thing. The simple song, which is not as simple as you think it would sound. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's got like a fun little dancey thing at the beginning. This is also one of the songs that appeared on. Um, MTV very early on. Oh yeah, okay. Well, and so uh, this has a video. <laughs> it does, yeah. Uh, the yeah, they, they had a couple called one minute songs. I might send them to you. Okay, I mean, you have, you have three minutes. You should I'm watch. Sure, them. they're fun. I'm sure because yeah, I'm sure they're great. Um, <laughs> ups and downs. This is the first song I like, haven't heard this one before. Like, like oh really? Yeah, because I was like, no, like earlier in the record, like not like not like have I heard this before. But like I was like the jingles story mixing together to me at this point. Um, oh really? <laughs> yeah. I mean I did listen to this four times, um, twice yesterday and twice today, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I took the notes last night. But uh, but this is the first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ups and downs. It's it. I'm like I'm. Did I hear this? But I think it's just the way they're writing things. A familiar way of writing a a jingle on this record. Yeah, just, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of about uh, an encounter with a, like an elevator attendant, maybe yeah. maybe some flirty subtext, but I, yeah, there's not much from that yeah, one. She's sitting in the corner. <laughs> a possessions. Yeah, kind of an anti-materialism or like a different wants and desires kind of thing. Which is cool that they did this in the record. That's basically eschewing, uh, eschewing, kind of possessions or uh, commercialism. Do the fact that they are making fun of it in a way. This yeah, is, exactly. You know, which is it's got kind of like a fifties rock guitar starting it out. So yeah, it does, and uh, this is the first time I like, noticed actually noticed guitar in it because um, I hear you hear a few times. Uh, it's it's kind of I like positions uh, actually. I do too. Yeah, I uh, give it to someone else. So um, I wrote down fucking. Cause uh, yeah, yeah, that, I do think there's some songs in here that are overtly sexual. Um, well, yeah, I mean the so he wants to give it to someone else, which like what is it? Yeah, what, it's it. I mean, Mike Patton would know that. Yeah, it's it. What is it? Or Crispin Glover would know what it is. You know what? Yeah. Do you remember that you read about the movie he called like What Is It? This Is It? And uh uh-huh. And I'm like. <laughs> God damn! I, I, I've 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 looked at that movie poster so many times. I'm like, God, what the fuck is going on? Um, what is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this has the line in it: the you know, documenting as I would the sound of slapping skin. Yeah, and that's what I was like. Are they fucking? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's like I think he's you know like giving a gift to somebody and letting them take uh, the letting the other person take credit for it and then listening to them have sex. Yeah, I got a sort of cuckold sort of feeling from it. Um, more, more voyeur, okay, voyeurism. Okay. All right, um, then we get to Phantom. Yeah, it's, I think, a very apt title. It's yeah, instrumental, it's but it kind of sounds like a haunted house soundtrack. Which is cool. 
I like the. I mean, I, I I can I can see myself pulling some of these out for Halloween. Oh, you should. Yeah. <laughs> You're like absolutely. Um, let's not more. Yeah, it's got this weird kind of like bubble popping sound. I was really into the song. I actually wrote it down because going through, I'm trying to figure out stuff I really like, and this one really uh, worked its way in them. You know. Yeah, and this one's got a theme maybe of deciding what's best, but you're kind of near the point of no return. Yeah, too much shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not more. Okay. Um, we can go to my work is so behind. Uh, yep. Fucking weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I used to, this is one of the songs I used to show off to people. I had a friend who really liked this song in a high school. Uh, so but Yeah, it's guy like kind of, it's very like, there's like jarring chords, and then like the chorus is like kids singing, and, the and it's like about like in it is crazy, like, like yeah. yeah, and I think it's about like setting yourself on fire to avoid working. I can uh, definitely really, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, bird in the trees, I hear birds in the song. Like like obviously they they get the little noises that sound like birds tw- tweeting, and then. Uh, it gets kind of violent, honestly. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know everything reminds them of a of a failed love, mm-hmm. uh, including the sounds of the the birds in the trees. How sad, right? <laughs> um, handful of desire is that what it is? Yeah, uh, it's got this kind of like chattering synth mm-hmm. sound. Might also be about sex. My notes say, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then we get into Moisture, which is a song that's about sex, I think. I wrote down, like, no, you know, no, I think I, I think everyone thinks this one's about sex, but I, I'm standing by that this song should be taken at face value. Okay, I, said, I wrote down, let's get nasty. <laughs> but, um, no, this is, it's about a lady. It, it feels urban legendy. It's okay. about a lady who's mysterious. Like, she's just wet. Like, she is always just, like, you know, like, grossly shiny. And then they find out that she had a snail on her the whole time that was leaving its snail trail everywhere. Where was your snail found? In her purse. Okay, if you say so. That's what it is. Uh, it's found in her purse. Okay, so you're taking it that... Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> my, my understanding of how the residents work, at least based on stuff before this, is this is a face value thing. Okay, all right, all right, fine, fine. I, I'll go with you on that. But it's got a nice loungy guitar solo in it it does and i appreciate that um love is it's only loneliness divided by another this is my love is only living for the lonely going through this this is my favorite so far uh uh track 30 ain't you sad (laughs) yeah um i uh i like this one it's you know like a fun like jaunty little like march thing and then the the verse of the chorus hits and it gets very very serious. So, um, Troubled Man, which is a bad, sad as fuck song. Like, yep. um, about this, basically, he got fat and his kid died after his wife left him for getting fat. That's what I got from him. Well, so this is another one that I, why I think moisture could be taken at face value is because his wife left him long ago for someone without skin. I, got someone, I can't even think about what that could potentially so, well, mean beyond about, just... Here's what I got from it. And if I'm, and you said without the face value, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone who has less hangy skin, so someone who's younger and not fat and flabby. 
Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. But uh, you know, again, uh, if you're if you're looking at the residents' face value, which you are more versed in the residents than I am, so I think you'd be more uh, apt to say. I, I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. You could be right. Maybe I shouldn't be listening to it at face value. <laughs> well, uh, another instrumental, except for the uh, well, the uh, synthesized laws. Yeah, which I was, thought was interesting. I was like. I was like, oh, that's not, they're not singing. This is a synthesizer. Which is yeah, like, or a sampler or sam- whatever it is. Um, it's got kind of like this like country, western, like galloping vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And then it ends on, has this like broken horn sound at the end, which I always <laughs> love. Like just a chord that's super ugly and doesn't appear in the song. Just like. I do like the songs in here that have the jarring sort of noise. We'll get to that in just a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, thirty, the track thirty three loneliness. This is again creepy, and it made me think HP Lovecraft when it comes to the lyrics of it. Like, oh, I could see that for yeah. sure. Yeah, just getting weird and fucking creepy. Um, yeah, it's like you know, person discovering loneliness, but they won't let it control them. Um, but it's got this sound of like it sounds like somebody like sloppily drinking through a straw. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's it's not my favorite so far, but we the next one is actually my favorite. Nice old man. Um, I like it. Very spooky sounding. It has the the vocal pattern. This is so fucking weird. Um, like right before the last syllable, they they stop it with this fucking loud noise, and then they go yep. into it again. And that was I was like, that's cool. That's a cool like sort of cool vocal pattern. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, and it's you know it's kind of creepy with the piano. It's almost like they're talking about like a ghost or something. And yeah. then yeah, you get like almost like a jump scare. Yeah, yeah, and I liked it. And I was like, is it kind of heartwarming? I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> no violin apparently. Um, yeah. The talk of creatures. That's the only one I have a lips song. Like usually. Okay. Have, yeah. What I'm getting with this is like it can't function because of you know, like voices within the body, which you know maybe like recurring thoughts thing you know you can't push thoughts out of your brain um but as the song goes on it gets kind of like more higher pitched and more atonal yeah and that's they sort of follow the same sort of thing in fingertips it's interesting melody immediately gets destroyed like halfway through the song by the, oh yeah by the vocals you're like what is going on <laughs> um, but it I like fingertips it's just the, like I said melody gets destroyed by the like the basically atonal vocals that come in Halfway through the uh, song jingle, yeah, um, you're like, "What the fuck?" Um, <laughs> but we get uh, in between dreams, which is an instrumental track. No, we're actually on fingertips now. Oh, still, okay. No, we were on talk of creatures, okay, weren't we? Uh, yeah, I skipped ahead. Sorry. Um, oh, you moved. Ooh, okay. So we're on fingertips, which has kind of like big triumphant music, but it's about you know, missing someone and remembering the good bits. Yeah, I hate the vocals in this one, I think. It, it, it yes. Just, Something made yeah. it on me. It destroyed the interesting melody that was before that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then we get to In Between tween Dreams, which is like an instrumental. Uh, it starts off as kind of like a nice little like lullaby with like some chirping yeah, yeah. sounds, very relaxing. Uh-huh. And then this like nightmare esque kind of like thing like moving in these kind of like creepy deep synth chords yeah. move in yeah uh margaret freeman which we're like, in the home stretch this is my favorite song on the album it, yeah um 
I wrote down what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this song is, I love it. It's so overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's like, it's feedbacky. It's got this like, Real tinny, really thin guitar solo so stuff going you're on. All about the, uh, all about the ugly sound in this, dude. This is this is like a noise rock song. <laughs> it's amazing, um, but it's you know it's about um, kind of how this guy is seeing a you know a girl and he's now noticing I guess the abuse from her mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but. Man, this song also has a crazy video. It's all like weird claymation. And... I'm actually excited. I want you to send me those links to the stuff that you liked on the on the uh, yeah the videos. Just, I do feel like I feel like I was seeing a like you said, residents were all over MTV when it first came out, and they're sort of ahead of their time. So, um, 100. The coming of the crow. Instrumental. I I like this one. I do. This one's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. it seems very out of place because it's like. It's like a heavy rock song with yeah. a guitar solo and there's big drums. It to me sounds like the uh the outro to like a radical or weird 90s show. <laughs> yeah, I get like that some for... animated shit on MTV. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I get that for like I didn't think about that way. That's a really cool way to put it. Um Yeah. And then we get the last song on the record. It's also another instrumental. When we were young, yeah, it ends on two instrumentals, and this one's just kind of a nice Outro, yeah, just it, it's it, it pretty does, relaxing. It does outro you after going through the mess that this, this record is. <laughs> um, uh, again, uh, when, when it comes to listening to residents, I think of it as more performance thing. I'm not, I, I, I don't see I, apparently I'm different than you. I don't, I mm-hmm. don't see myself going back to this for pleasure. Like, if oh, I was really, this is like this is in my top 10 albums of all time because I love listening to man, it so much, man. Yeah, but I, also, I mean, I like I like weirder shit. I think this is a good way to like a, a good like context point or like landmark for like if you're trying to plot out what kind of shit I like. Like residents are a huge, a huge <laughs> part of my musical taste skyline. How did skyline. you get into residents? Uh, Primus really likes them, oh. and they did a couple. They did a couple residents covers, and I'm like, well, I'll check out the residents then. Okay. Um, and, and that that's how I got into they blew them. Your fucking mind, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, because it's just like I've never heard something like this. Like of the that kind of early period weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I like them more than Frank Zappa. I like them more than Captain Beefheart. Yeah, like, um, but when I, I was listening to this, uh, what was uh, people always also listen to? I saw Frank Zappa and Captain Beefheart. You know, like yeah, and yeah. they're kind of in that like early weird experimental stuff and they all each have their own flavors. I think residents kind of started off closer to captain Beefheart with like their demos, mm-hmm. which I've got a couple of, um, they were like record store day releases yeah, sure. and they're pretty good, but they're, they're closer to like a captain Beefheart kind of thing. But then when they finally like came into their own and got like way more high concept with it, they, uh, they got a lot more interesting. I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in the, the concept of the residents themselves. Like as a, as a collective band, you know, I know they have stuff in museums and stuff like that. Just how yeah, I think that they, they have a permanent installment in the MoMA of which, a lot of their short films, which is cool. I mean, I think that's like I really like the idea of the residents, the being how fucking weird they are, and moving art forward in that way. Mm-hmm. Because I uh, say what you will about the music, I said what I would, but I will about it. They 
they definitely had an influence on the way that we consume culture. And oh, for sure, yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll probably uh, I'll probably push for you to check out some other stuff in in smaller doses. Okay. Uh, is, and out of their weirdest shit, is this pretty fucking weird? This one, this one touches on weirder stuff. They have an album called uh, Duck Stab, Buster and Glenn, that I think is their weirdest one um, what do you think for a lot of people. What's, what's the most conventional <laughs> resonance record? Um, they kind of got, like? con- got more conventional as they got later on. They have one called like the River of Crime mm-hmm. that I was mentioning earlier, which is like their, uh, gosh, what can I, it, it's their like, uh, radio play podcast thing. It's like five episodes of like a radio drama. Could I find it on on Spotify? You think it's on Spotify? Yeah, I think it's under like singles because it's only five tracks. I might check that out. I mean, but that one's pretty cool. There's also, oh, I think Animal Lover got okay. a lot of. Uh, that one works a lot better if you have the booklet though, because okay. the whole point of it is like, here's what an animal sees. And then here's like a weird human thing that's happening. Uh, so you get like both perspectives of it, but yeah. you don't get the, you don't get the animal side of it unless you have the booklet to read along with. You had, uh, so what resonance records do you have or own on like CD or whatever that is? Oh man, I've got a lot. Okay. I've got third Reich and roll. I've got commercial album. I have Eskimo. I have animal lover. I have intermission to the mole show. I have, the Warner Brothers record. I have Baby Sex. I have oh God. I can't remember what it is. They did this like composer series that was really cool where they do like covers of other people's songs. Interesting. So I have one that's like, I think it's a bunch of Elvis songs and then a big like, uh, I can't remember this guy's name. His last name Sousa. He did a bunch of like band marches. Okay. Uh, that stuff. Um, I have a lot. Like I was really into them and I bought every release I could find. I, I have two different versions of duck stab <laughs> one on CD, one on vinyl. All right. Um, when it comes to resin stuff, is this among your favorite? You said top 10. This is my favorite of theirs. Yeah. Favorite? Okay. Okay. Um, so but they, they have one of those discographies that I think is really, really cool to check out. Like maybe just look up what the concept of it is. And if it, if it interests you, like give it a shot. Yeah. Cause they, They've tried a lot of stuff. They had a whole album that was like uh, their reaction to 9-11 and like how people dealt with the grief and all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, there's, I'm sure there's a lot to figure out when it comes to listening to uh, the residents um, or even entering their orbit. Uh, if you like Ryan, you might love this. So I would just be- approach it with, with an open mind. Yeah, I did my best. You think you know music and then you you, you don't to, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like I said, I I can't find myself going back to listen to this out of pleasure, but I do appreciate it. I do appreciate what they're doing. You're going to get suburban bathers stuck in your head one uh, day. One day. Um, <laughs> so, you know what I think it's time for? What's that? I think it's time to draw our next scene. Let's see it. Let's get hear the, it. Get the bag. Or the, the hat, I'm sorry. The hat, it's a hat. All right, what do I got going here? Okay, um, oh, sophomore slump has a question mark at the end of it. So, okay, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, sophomore slump. I do have my, I think I already picked it out, like right when I said it, I picked it out. So, um, it's good times. I think I've got some ideas. Okay, 
I'm glad you guys. But no, this will, I think that'll be a good episode. Yeah. Um. Well, sh- oh shit! Hold on. That's it. But that's not <laughs> it. I, I get okay. <laughs> uh, well, me and a friend of mine do the music for this podcast. Um, our band name is Smell mm-hmm. with a question mark. Um, we are both inspired by the residents, but our music <laughs> does not sound like it. Um, you can find us on smell.bandcamp.com. Um, maybe, maybe keep your peepers on that website because uh, we are in the process of working on something right now. Uh, so maybe sometime in the future, hopefully soon. Just so you guys know, uh, something it, will be coming out. It's smell with a question mark, like the new Todd theme, sophomore slump. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad I could inspire that. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> uh, but if you want to check us out, uh, you know, go to our band camp. Uh, we have two little e album thing free to check out pay what you want including zero dollars um yeah and what about yourself what do you got going on i got i do another podcast weekly called movies that don't suck and something to do uh we talk about movies generally two new ones and now that we're back at the years we have a hard time keeping up keeping up but it's basically a show just me and my friend it should be called movies don't suck and dick jokes because that's really all it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, we talk about also movie news and entertainment news, but mostly two movies a week, and uh, I have fun doing it, so I hope you guys, if you guys like this, check it out. You might like it, too. I don't know. If you might just listen to this for Ryan, which is fine. And you don't need to hear me twice. Uh, you know. Sure they do. Oh, maybe. Uh, but um, uh, stick around to the end of the episode to listen to Number One Sons, the song Bored. Uh, after we're done yakking. And um, I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening to Record Night. See you next time. <laughs>